Good day and welcome to today's podcast for our Future of Insurance, our ecosystem partners. And today I'm really happy to have Jason Andrew, the CEO and founder of Limelight Health, joining us today. So welcome, Jason. Thanks, Denise. Great to be here. Appreciate you having me on the show. What I'd like to do to, so the audience kind of gets a little bit of your background, why don't you give a little background in yourself about Limelight Health and when and why you started it? Because it's an interesting story. Sure, you bet. I'm kind of uh, probably a quintessential uh, insurance geek. I, I've been in the insurance industry for about 20 years and started uh, actually my career in, in, at American Express doing financial planning. And then uh, because we had a number of high net worth clients, that they a lot of them ended up having businesses. And so we started looking at their group benefits. And uh, that, was, that was how I began. So uh, for a very short time in financial planning and then uh, most of the remainder time helping folks plan with their, their business insurance, particularly around employee benefits. So after doing that here in Silicon Valley for about 15 years, you know, I started just, there's so many problems, so many challenges and so many just redundant, you know, kind of issues around it. Uh, we felt like we could build software to be able to help make that a better experience. And that was the, the beginning of Limelight. Three of the four co-founders that, that started the business had about 60 years experience. So our, our CTO at the time couldn't spell insurance. We loved that. Uh, he hates that joke at this point in time, but we took that domain experience with a true technologist to, to put together what is now Limelight. That's really great. You know, we met a few years ago at one of the Silicon Valley Insurance Accelerator events. And if memory serves me right, you were one of the very first insurtechs to come through the SVIA. And at that time, you know, when, uh, when the whole insurtech craze started, um, Everything was around distribution and uh, and around health, and so you kind of got a you kind of got a little bit of, of both perspectives, you know, there at the very beginning, um, because that whole employee benefit and health segment was so active at the very beginning of InsureTech. Talk about um, how InsureTech has impacted the industry, um, you know, from where you guys started and how you see it evolving, you know, from where you guys started and kind of where Limelight Health kind of fits into all of that. Yeah, you know, uh, it, you're right. I mean, it was the the very first SVI event and uh, we we pitched alongside uh, I think like six other companies and we were fortunate to win uh, first place at that very first one it was kind of fun and uh, met a whole bunch of folks that have continued to scale and grow their companies now and got very connected to uh, Des Moines Iowa because Greg Bailey of Denim and Brian Hemmesmith of uh, the Global Insurance Accelerator both judges on that initial panel so it's kind of a little kickback there so you know when one of the interesting things Denise about it is from my vantage point being in Silicon Valley until Zenefits got their funding, you could not get a venture capital firm or investor to talk about doing anything in insurance. There were a lot of folks that started looking at it. And so once that was kind of the catalyst to folks getting interested in or really looking to make bigger investments and benefits kind of lagged for a while, but um, you know, it's over the last five years, it's been unbelievable to see just the amount of money flowing into the industry. And I think on, on the other side, and what's really exciting is beginning to see carriers, a lot of the players in the industry beginning to make really substantial changes in modernizing their technology stack and working at seeing how important it is to be able to make make those changes so that we can ultimately get better products out to all of us as consumers, right? That make better decisions. Absolutely. 
and uh, and and again, I think that's that's what's really exciting. And it it seems like it was just dormant for so long. Um, so to see that begin to catch on, uh, and I'd say even over the last probably 24, maybe 36 months, but really in the last 24 months, we've seen a substantial shift, particularly around employee benefits, where there's some real meaningful changes that are taking place, and I think are going to lead to some really exciting exciting things in the future. Yeah, you know, we did a, a joint survey both with Global Insurance Accelerator and with SCIA, published it earlier this year around InsurTechs. We did it with the InsurTechs, both uh, technology companies or capability companies like yourself, but also some of the MGA or full stack insurer startups to get kind of their perspective about the lay of the land, so to speak, and working with insurers. And then also in our strategic priorities earlier this year, we also asked the insurers. And what was really interesting to your point is I think early on five years ago, it's almost like the whole industry kind of stopped with any kind of technology project because they weren't really sure what InsurTech was all about. Was this going to be a fading kind of event? Should this too pass? Or was this going to be like the dot-com? And it, by no stretch of the imagination, is is a fading thing. And it is not the dot-com era. I think we learned a lot at the dot-com era. But what's really interesting is from five years ago to to today, not only are those insurers investing, but they're really partnering and bringing some of those capabilities into their own personal ecosystem, which really kind of leads me to, you know, the next kind of conversation, because you're very much a part of our ecosystem. So how do you, how do ecosystems and this next-gen technology kind of fit in with this whole concept of innovating insurance, particularly in the health and benefits market, which a lot of those systems can be 20, 30 years old. How do you kind of see what technologies are really crucial for solutions like yours uh, and Majesco for us to really be able to partner together with, with some of these carriers? Yeah, it's a great question. I, I think uh, it's something that I get really excited about because I think there's a lot of opportunity. For for those that have heard me talk, I quote, read some of the things I've written, I, I quote a stat that says that, you know, 25 manual processes make up about 40% a carrier's cost of doing business. It's a pretty staggering statistic. And I think, you know, so if you take that kind of place to begin with and how much legacy infrastructure there is in this space. I mean, most of the, most folks operating, and you and I have talked about this, aren't API driven, but are, we're still using census as is the predominant kind of mode of, of moving data. And there's just a tremendous amount of double, triple entry and manual work that takes place. And so I think, you know, the, the end goal, I think, would be to be able to really make the transactions that take place as seamless as what we expect from a consumer standpoint on an Amazon or when we're shopping for things online. And I think we're a long ways away from that, although there's there's a lot of really good progress taking place. But I think that's the key thing, which is how do we connect systems together in a way that makes the transactions and the decision making much easier? I don't know, when it comes down to kind of the, you know, how that impacts me personally, I think about all the insurance I have, my health insurance, my life insurance, my auto, home, you know, all these different pieces. And until something happens and there's a claim, I really don't know what's covered and what's not covered. Or do I have the best product? How much am I going to pay out of pocket? You know, what's that user experience like? And how do I connect the data that's going to help me to make a good decision, whether that's as an underwriter or a sales representative, ultimately getting down to a business and an individual. So I I think having these systems from policy administration to underwriting and claims and then being able to figure out how to make that a better user experience for all those end users is 
what gets me excited and I think are critical. And, you know, there's some interesting stuff that, that's taking place certainly in the marketplace. And I think getting more of those connected is really going to be the key. Yeah. And I think that adding to that, and particularly in the um, employee benefits and voluntary benefits space, that has just really kind of exploded. And a lot of that's due to the fact changing demographics of our workforce. This younger generation doesn't stay at, a, at the place of, of employment for 25, 30 years. They have a tendency to jump around and they want to take their benefit with them. And likewise, insurers want to keep them as a customer. And so I think, you know, what we've, I always like kind of call it pre-digital age and post-digital age. And there's a lot of factors that go into pre and post-digital age from, you know, customer demographics, to expectations, to the technologies, uh, to the different players. We're just beginning to see a whole post-digital age kind of unfold uh, in front of us with a whole new set of kind of players, a whole new set of customer expectations, and quite frankly, a whole new uh, demographic of customers to really market to. Absolutely. So, you know, one of the things you talked about was the APIs. Um, that's one of the things that we have taken a different approach to from a partnership standpoint uh, that's very different than maybe what has been happening over the last five to 10 years, um, where you did point-to-point integrations, maybe using Accord standards that could be XML standards or EDI standards, God forbid, or it could be with maybe some accelerators, but still required some work to actually do that implementation. Approach we took is really kind of the Apple approach where it was a marketplace and it was creating the apps to be able to have the um, APIs in the API gateway that would really allow for dynamic integration when you wanted to use it. It's pretty different than uh, that approach, but I think it really gets to your point where the industry needs to go into an Amazon-like experience. So for you, uh, Limelight Health, and for your customers, what value do you see that for you, um, your customers, and the broader industry together? Yeah, I love what you guys have done with your marketplace. And I think that's really where the industry's got to be going and get to. And you, you reference kind of, you know, the Apple or the App Store, where there's this this real seamless ability to connect a new app if I just want to download it. Uh, and I think we're, you know, again, there's progress, but I think that we've got to get there. And so many of the existing infrastructure in particularly in benefits to your point is not API driven, right? It's still, again, either whether it's Excel or using EDI and, and there's a number of kind of XML standards and so forth. But I think that it's, we've got to be able to get uh, the infrastructure to a place where it's truly API driven. And I think what that allows us to do, I mean, what, what I talk with folks all the time about is that we, we spend so much time on these point to point connections because there aren't broad-based APIs that you're not able to do the really important work, which is how do you focus on the user experience or how do you parse data in a way that's meaningful and and how do you transfer that? Because a lot of the, the work that's being done is just, frankly, a lot of times the more menial tasks of just getting the data to some system. And again, often with whether it's an enrollment platform or whether it's a carrier's internal systems, you've got often five, six, seven, eight systems you're trying to connect together. And so much of the work just becomes that kind of difficult kind of transfer there. Whereas if we had APIs more broadly available, you'd get some really cool stuff that you could do around the more meaningful stuff around product creation, decision-making, efficiencies that are going to be really meaningful. I think that's both the excitement and the frustration of where we're at as an industry right now. But I think getting everything to APIs takes away also needing to have to build stuff to standards, um, but you just let folks then do the work. You can also have lots of fun, you know, with hackathons or just having people just be more innovative because they can take those. We've done a few of those here uh, with other companies. It's been fun where we just get together and, and you say, hey, take these APIs and do something with it. And you let some teams work on it and they come up with some really cool stuff. 
Yeah, you know, we were both just recently at InsureTech Connect for 2019, and APIs were, was the hot word um, across all of the different presentations and the, and the conversations going on at the event this year. I don't know if you experienced that as well, Jason. Yeah, I have. And I, you know, and I'd love your perspective on it. It's interesting. I mean, I, there's a couple of, I mean, on, on kind of the more consumer side, um, there's a company called Zapier and Zapier allows you just to connect all kinds of systems, whether it's your Gmail or your calendar and, you know, so you can do all kinds of stuff with it. And then there's more enterprise grade like MuleSoft or whatnot that, that help, you know, make those connecting applications, data and services. And so there's a lot of conversations there. And, and so I wrestle with, you know, being able to get, and I don't know what you see, but there's, there's a lot of progress and everybody's talking about it. APIs and similarly talking about risk scores, for example, and using data, right? And, and I think both of those are pretty early on. And so as we get more and more folks kind of either allowing for APIs to be available, and I think there's a number of carriers that still are trying to build out their API set or figure out how to take a legacy system and, and open that data up so they can normalize it um, and get it out there. So it's, uh, we saw lots of conversations and having lots of them, and, and we see it as kind of the devils in the details as tar- in, in terms of how mature is, particularly if you think of the carrier side, are the carriers APIs, do they have them? And are they at a point even philosophically where they're ready to let that data be open so that folks can innovate on it? And I think there's kind of those that are the leaders that are really out there and forward thinking. And then I think there's a lot that are still hesitant to, to let that data out. We just published a new report about platforms and it's actually our third report, third year in a row about this period of time. And when we first started talking about platforms in 2017, we identified APIs as part of the, the technologies necessary for platform, cloud being some, microservices being others, but it really is looking at a whole different architecture. You know, when you think about Amazon and you think about Google and you think about Apple, on Netflix, you think about Alibaba, all of those, they all are built on platforms. They were really the first set of platforms. And we've seen now some emergence of some other um, insurance companies that are trying to play as platforms themselves. Some of the startups are, and even some existing insurers where, you know, you can kind of embed yourself into other other kinds of ecosystems, be able to connect with that. And so when I think about the APIs, they're absolutely crucial because it's that we can't kind of operate in our style thinking that we can define an API just for insurance. We've got to have some APIs that are going to be a lot more open to be able to connect with other ecosystems that want to have, you know, the ability to have voluntary benefits or insurance to be able to be sold with whatever they might be doing. And so we kind of have to open up our eyes and think kind of differently that really it's not about market boundaries anymore. It's really about having the technology that allow for a lot of flexibility to operate in different places. I think that's the piece that um, when I think about us as an industry, that's where we've got to be thinking a little bit broader and bigger than what we have in the past. I don't know if you would agree with that. Yeah, you know, uh, 100%. And, and I think give an example uh, to add to that. I mean, we've worked, we're working with a number of risk score providers to, to pull in that information. And I think it's pretty early on, but there's been some, for example, in, in the individual market, there's been some work done with one of the credit bureaus that have looked at how credit score can be a, a better predictor of a life insurance rate than you know mm-hmm. the, what we're traditionally used to in terms of like an eight-page health application, which you have to then go in and it takes you know a long time. And so if you've got an API that can ping this and then pull back a credible risk score for rating life insurance, it's just one of a number of ways where you can pick up substantial efficiencies. Now there's all kinds of questions around that in terms of data privacy and you know access to our personal information. Look, I mean our information's out there today, and so the question is you know how do we protect it the best way that we can and, and make sure. 
for doing that. But to your point, I think it opens up all kinds of opportunities for folks to begin thinking outside the box to go, how do I get products that I can rate more quickly, more efficiently, and that can be more credible? And that benefits everybody in the whole flow, right? So I think it's pretty exciting. And the more of that that we can get that people feel comfortable with, uh, I think we'll see all kinds of new innovations. Yeah, and I think one of the benefits, quite frankly, for the the life and uh, benefits industry is that while they've been behind the uh, property and casualty industry, really modernizing their core systems, replace putting in new kind of modern, uh, maybe next gen systems. The benefit is, is that many of the PNC carriers started that about 10 years ago, and many of them did it in an on-premise uh, kind of an environment. Today, you know, now they're trying to figure out how do they move into the cloud to be able to have that similar level of agility and be able to leverage some of these different technologies that are available only in the cloud. And I think that's the benefit for the life and benefits industry is that they can just jump from their old uh, legacy straight into the cloud uh, with these next gen uh, modern uh, core systems and technologies uh, to kind of create that that whole new infrastructure that they're going to need to really kind of operate in a completely different world. Absolutely. So as you continue to evolve, what do you see as the future of insurance, Jason? Well, look, I mean, my, you know, a lot of stuff we're talking about today, the, the ideal vision in mind, and it comes back to if I think about myself as just a consumer of insurance products when it's really important, whether I think about, you know, my, my kids going to the doctor or me having to interact with the system, it's, it's frustrating every time. So, you know, if I want to try and figure out if my, is my doctor's in network or whether, you know, how much a, a procedure is going to cost me or what's my real exposure, again, going back to earlier, it, typically, I don't know until after the fact. That's tip, the typical experience is some event happens, you know, recently someone hit the side of my wife's car. So, you know, then we pay really close, <laughs> we, we, we pay really close attention then, right, to what's the deductible and what's covered and who's at fault. But until that happens, I, we really have no idea, right? What, what are we really going to pay out of pocket? And going to the doctor, we've had more reasons to do that these days. Um, so I think ideally, you know, you referenced kind of Apple and, and this ecosystem and having platforms. I think the, the future ideally would be a place where uh, I could go onto my phone and I could connect with several apps as an individual and I would clearly understand answers to those questions in terms of, you know, what product is best? Is my doctor connected to that? If it's health insurance, if it's life insurance, you know, what what's really involved in, in the coverage? And then in terms of what we do specifically and how we're working with you guys, I think then it's helping everyone in that system to have a similar experience. Why shouldn't the person who's working all day on a claim or on creating a product have a good user experience as well and be able to go on to a, a marketplace and be able to pull down all the information they need to make the best decision about which product they want to then get out to me as a consumer. And uh, so I think that we're we're on our way. I think it's really early on, but ultimately that would be really the vision. Uh, whatever product I'm looking for, whatever information I need, whoever I am as a user would have the right information to be able to have a, a really nice app store-like experience that I can pull down what I need, get it in real time. Absolutely. So if you could pick one word to describe the future of insurance, what would it be, Jason? Is exciting too lame? Hey, that's fine. <laughs> why, why do you say that? Why do you say that? Well, I, was trying to think of it, I was trying to think of an adjective and, uh, and <laughs> all morning and all that came up was exciting. And uh, so I thought, you know, that's, it's not like the strongest word, but I think it's exciting. I think it's, um, it's a really uh, exciting time to be in the insurance industry, to be seeing what's taking place and be able to help, help have some part in making it better. 
I couldn't agree with you more. And it, you know, in my career, having been in it over 30 years, I don't think there's been a more exciting time in the industry than it is right now because the possibilities are endless and the opportunities are just uh, amazing for those that really want to uh, grasp hold of it. Companies like yourselves and many of our other partners that we're working with. And it's really fun to be able to collectively and collaboratively help change the industry and make it more accessible and more relevant for people out there that we really serve. Couldn't agree more. So thanks, Jason. And thanks so much for all that you guys are doing. We're looking forward to a really fun partnership with you guys, working with some joint customers, helping to change the, the benefits industry. Absolutely, Denise. Thanks for having me on your podcast. And uh, we're equally excited about working together with you and, and really appreciate you taking the time. Absolutely. Thanks, you.